Great to see everyone here. Uh, bienvenido a todas las personas que están aquí del Grupo Español también. So, tenemos un grupo combinado. Eh, les menciono que si no tienen audífonos y ocupan audífonos para traducción, levanten la mano y vamos a pedirle a Julio que pase y les va a regalar un, o les va a prestar, les va a prestar un, um, unos audífonos para que puedan escuchar la traducción en español. So, si ocupan español, traducción en español, levanten la mano y Julio va a pasar y da para darles uno. Levanten la mano bien alto. So that's for our Spanish speakers that need translation. We are happy to be able to provide that for them through headphones. So we have somebody in the back uh, translating as I speak into Spanish, and then people could hear and follow along. And we're glad to be able to provide that whenever we have a combined service. So for the rest of you, welcome. For those of you joining us online, we're grateful that you're joining us. I know some people text me this morning and said, hey, we're... You know, for various reasons, they're not able to make it, but they, they assure me they'll be watching online. So we're grateful also to be able to have that for, for everyone. A couple of uh, kind of housekeeping things. As our group grows and we have combined services, just a couple of things that will help us be a little more considerate of everybody else. When you, when you take a seat, for example, if you could kind of scoot over to the middle and not, you know, because if you sit on the edge, then people have to kind of go over you and get, it creates a little weird situation. So if you could kind of be conscientious of that and sit in a way that it'll make it easier for people to also join in that, that row, unless you definitely just want to have the whole row for yourself, then that's fine too, I guess, for now. Uh, but keep that in mind. And, uh, and I have a, here a uh, gift bag. This is for our guests. So if you're here for the first time or if you brought somebody with you for the first time, make sure they go by our, our welcome table and they get one of these. Um, and for the rest of us, if you see someone with a bag like this, make sure you say hello to them and you're extra friendly to them and welcoming because we want to make sure that uh, as people join us for the first time, they feel welcome and they, they can see the Lord's love uh, through us. That's, that's why we're the body of Christ, the church. So welcome. That's a big welcome. I'm really glad to uh, be able to be here with you today. So today is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and so we figure let's have, some, let's have a combined service. Let's have everybody together. Let's also have an opportunity. In just a little bit, I'm going to open up the uh, microphones, and we're going to have a microphone up here for people to come up and kind of share their their gratitude and, and just express their, their thanksgiving to the Lord. So we'll, we'll set that up. And I think, well, we could have it down here so you don't get super intimidated coming all the way up here. So if we can put a microphone on either end down here, uh, I think that'll be great. So after the announcements, uh, you'll have an opportunity to just come up here. And we'll give you, I don't know, how much time do you need? Let's say, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of you that are really grateful for it. But uh, I think you can say a lot in about 30 seconds or less. <laughs> Sounds like a little bit until you come up here and you, all right, just give us the... Uh, so I, I want to encourage you. So kind of think about it. Um, if you saw a video that went out this week from Crosspoint through Instagram and I believe TikTok and maybe on Facebook, I'm not sure. Um, it, I, I was in that video kind of inviting everyone to the service and I mentioned that we would have an open mic time for people to uh, express their gratitude publicly. So we want to do that today since it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving Day. Um, but I do have a couple of announcements Oh, and, and, and to that effect, I would say, if you don't follow, if you do have social media, and I would imagine 99% of you do, um, if, you, if you do have social media, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, uh, make sure you follow us, because a lot of you, I came in this morning, and some of you were already ready for the service, and it's like, oh, we don't start till 10. So if you didn't know we started at 10 today, 
uh, you haven't been coming to the service, or you weren't here during the announcements, or you, haven't, you, have, you don't receive our newsletters, or you didn't open it, or you didn't watch us on social media, there's a lot of ways that you should have known what's going on. Um, and so if you don't, you need to, I think, get in the loop. Just plug in, find out how you could best be kept in, uh, in good communication with what's going on here at our church, all right? I know it's impossible to get everybody every time, but we want to make sure that everyone is, is plugged in. So today is also special because after our service, we are going to have a uh, special lunch. We call it the Meet the Leaders Lunch, and that is for fairly new people in our congregation that haven't been here for a long time, that haven't attended yet one of these lunches. And so we, we hope to have about three of these a year. I think this is the second one this year. Uh, we hope to have a nice group of individuals who haven't been with us for a long time, but feel like, hey, this might very well be my home church from now on, and so I want to figure out uh, what the church is about. I want to hear from the leaders, kind of get to know them, and see how I can plug in and get involved. So that is the invitation for you. Most of you already RSVP'd, but if you're sitting there thinking like, I think that's me, talk to one of the elders or see me after the service, and we would love to have you join us. We're going to meet uh, at 12 upstairs in our, what we call our upper room. It's all set and ready to go. We'll have lunch for you, and we'll be here for for uh, about an hour and a half or so, you get a chance to, to get to know the leaders, all right? If you have any questions, see one of the elders or myself, like I said. And then as far as, um, I wanna share this. I wanna share that um, it's always a good time to get baptized. Uh, at Cross Point Christian Church, we believe that when a person knows that God has done a work in them, that means when you've heard the gospel being presented, and didn't just hear it, but perhaps for the first time you actually understood it and you received it, something happens. When you hear the gospel and you respond to it in faith, the repentance and belief in Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that you're born again and you will, no longer, you will never be the same person again. And you'll know it, and you'll know it. You're going to see something different in your life from the inside out. You're not going to be trying, but you're going to see that the Holy Spirit of God is in you, and it begins to manifest itself through a new understanding, a new appreciation, new, a new mentality, new goals, a new heart. And so then as a step of obedience, you want to get baptized. The Lord said, go into the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He left that for us as a church to continue to uh, do, which is to baptize people in His name. And so... If that's you, talk to me. Talk to any of the elders. We could, we could at any Sunday, set up a baptism service um, and get you baptized. But we're, we're pleased. We know that God is doing some amazing work in us and through us. And so I just want to throw that out there. I know I'm sure there's some of you uh, that haven't gotten baptized for whatever reason. I would say talk to one of us. And let's, uh, let's look into the Word and see about getting you baptized. I also want to mention, lastly, that... Um, Growth groups. We're going to be having some of the growth group leaders come up from now till January uh, when we begin our, our new trimester in 2023, if you can believe that. Um, but I'm also a growth group leader, so I'm going to start and just say as a growth group leader, it's one of the hats that I wear here at Crosspoint Christian Church. I have a group that meets on Tuesday nights. I think it's going to continue to meet on Tuesday nights at 7. We usually have a nice group of about, you know, we're hoping to keep it at around 12 to 15, but it's really like 22 people. Um, that meet for about an hour and a half, and then after the hour and a half, some people still stay till 10, 11 o'clock p.m., and uh, that's great. 
Some of the grace, some of the best conversations happen then. Um, what what a growth group is for us, for example, this past trimester, which we meet for three months and then we have one month off. We'll have December off. Uh, it's a time for you to grow together with other people. You commit to showing up every week, and you don't you don't just show up, but you show up. Most likely, you're reading a a, a book of the Bible. You're studying that. We did First Timothy this trimester. So you have homework, you know, you have accountability, you get a chance to uh, have prayer requests, you get a chance to pray with one another and for one another, uh, you get to know people in a more intimate level, you build friendships. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful, I believe, necessary thing if we're going to be disciples of the Lord. And so we, we're gonna, we expect to have about 11 groups this coming uh, January. We're including the men's group on Friday night at 7, the women's group that gets together, the young adults that meets every other Sunday evening, the, the youth uh, ministry that meets on Wednesday nights, um, and then other, other groups in Spanish and English. And they are throughout the week, uh, some of them in, in, in one in Spanish, the rest of them are in English, some of them are more beginner level. We're going to have a beginners, uh, like a foundations uh, group coming up this January. So we're really excited. I'm taking the time because I want to make sure that you guys all know what, what that is about. Uh, I want to encourage you to attend. I would love to have you in my group, but I know there's a lot of great groups out there. Um, and uh, keep it in prayer. If that's, if that's not you, like I told you before, we had over 100 people participate or right now participating in growth groups this trimester. And so we're super pleased about that. You know, when I talk to other pastors, I go to pastors' conferences, um, if, if they ask me, how's your church doing? And I tell them, we have about 130 people show up every Sunday, and we have over 100 people in growth groups. I get the same reaction. They're blown away. How do you do that? Oh, I'm not doing anything. We're just kind of preaching the word and offering that, and people are responding in a great, in, in a great way. And so I want to encourage you to consider committing to growing through growth groups here at Crosspoint Christian Church. All right. If you have any questions, see me or any one of the elders. You'll be getting to know who these growth group leaders are throughout uh, the, the next weeks leading to our trimester one in 2023. Very good. All right. Do we have a microphone ready? Yeah? All right. So just in case you're like, what, what, is, he, what is he talking about? What is, so all we're saying, we've done this before. Uh, we haven't done it, I think, in the last couple of years, but we want to bring that back because this is a different service uh, this is a Thanksgiving Day service. We saw the video, uh, which is wonderful. Gets us thinking about how we want to express God's love to people. But throughout this year, if there's something that you especially want to give thanks to the Lord publicly, just come up here. Um, take a little bit of time and just say, you know, I want to share with you and express my gratitude to the Lord for this, that, and the other. The Bible says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so we can't do that if we don't know what's going on with, with one another, okay? So if that's you and you want to publicly acknowledge the Lord and his goodness in your life, uh, we're going to spend the next few minutes doing that. So if you would like to do that, just kind of come up here and stand on the sides, and then we'll do one on each side, all right? So let's do that now. Have you, let's have you guys come up so that we can see about how many people we have on each side, and then we'll see how many... See if we keep the 30 seconds or if we have to cut down, down a little bit. <laughs> All right. 
Any brave souls, this is you coming up and publicly thanking the Lord and letting us in on it. Lucia, I will start with you. Yes, good morning. My name is Sister Lucia. I just want to be grateful for the church, for my friends and my family, and especially for my daughter Yolanda, that she's still here with me. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a family with mental health illness. We need to be, we need to have compassion towards them. When you see them on the streets, anywhere, just talk to them about the Lord. That's what I'm especially grateful that she's here with me still. Um, and also prayers for her on the 29th of this month. Uh, the health crisis team will be coming to my home, and they're going to try to talk to her and see if she gets therapy. And I ask so much prayers for her. And I'm thankful for each one of you guys, for the worship group, for everything, for my family. Thank you. Good morning, Crosspoint. Can you hear me okay? My name is Daniel. I'm new to this church. I've been here about three weeks now. Um, first and foremost, I want to give thanks to God uh, for sending his son to die for my sins. I want to thank him for the cross. I want to thank God for accepting me as I am every day. I want to thank Crosspoint for accepting my family. Thank Pastor Mike for his wisdom and leadership, and thank you all for your prayers over my family during this difficult time. We recently lost my sister, so um, thank you all for praying over us. Thank you. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Henno, and I just want to thank God for uh, my church, for the growth group especially. Um, I've been able to meet a lot of people and get to know them deeper and just the stories and everything else. And I'm really, really thankful for my, um, my family, obviously, and my church family. Thank you. My name is Damaris. I want to thank God for Carmen Perez, for her caring servant heart. She's enabled Margaret to be here today. And um, she's really an inspiration to me. Also, I want to thank God for Francesca, who's been such a blessing in my life. Thank you. Good morning. Um, my name is Monique. I want to thank the church because um, um, I have a nephew who... Um, I've been praying and praying and praying for, similar to your daughter, um, and he's been my persistent prayer, and um, he knew about God because of this church. His daughter's here with me today. He, the Lord took him home two days ago, um, young man, but he knew about God because of of you guys, and um, I'm certain he's in heaven, but I want to reiterate mental illness and addiction that those are the people we need to reach out to and, um, and show God's love. So thank you guys. Thanks. Good morning, church. I just want to express my gratitude for my dear friend LV, who passed recently. And uh, God knows that I'm a very serious person, and he brought me somebody that could help me to laugh from my belly 
and just a, a beautiful sister that spoke truth with love and with humor. And I give thanks for her. Hello, my name is Renee Malvito. Um, I'm pretty blessed to be here. I've had a few strokes, and um, Mike Moran has kind of adopted me. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm on dialysis, but I thank the Lord every single day that I go that I'm alive. I wake up every morning and I say, thank you, Lord, that I'm alive, at least that. I thank, I thank uh, the Lord for my children who are all well. I'm happy to say I have six of them. Yeah, six. Um, but I'd like uh, to publicly thank the Lord and thank my, the, the Moran family for adopting me. Thank you so very much. Buenos días a todos en español que a veces mi inglés se va. Primeramente, le tengo que dar gracias a Dios por permitirme haber conocido al Pastor Mike, su familia, especialmente aquí toda la familia. Por medio de Damaris, viene aquí a esta iglesia. Y ha sido una bendición muy grande para mí, porque en el dolor tan grande de perder a mi hermana, la mayor, la primera persona que me acompañó en minutos fue el pastor y darme consejos, ¿verdad?, que le pedía. Damaris, yo le dé muchas bendiciones, Margaret, le dé mucha salud y a todos los que están aquí presentes. Mi hijo se retira a veces de la iglesia, pero con muchas oraciones, espero que esté aquí muy pronto. Y por todos mis hijos, ¿verdad?, que a veces están un poquito separados, este, y bendiciones, Pastor, por todas las bendiciones que nos da aquí por medio suyo de nuestro Señor. Gracias. Buenos días, hermanos. Bendiciones para todos. Mi nombre es Eustolia Neri. Yo solamente quiero expresar con mi voz la gratitud a Dios. Dios ha sido bueno. Es bueno y seguirá siendo bueno con nosotros. Le doy gracias a Dios por estar en esta iglesia, por el privilegio que tengo de estar con el Pastor Mike, con toda esta congregación. Gracias, Padre Santo. He tenido pruebas muy fuertes para mí, pero no imposibles para Dios. He tenido pruebas, pero he tenido más bendiciones. Gracias y estoy muy agradecida porque... No me ha faltado nada, tengo la bendición de Dios y gracias nuevamente, gracias a todos ustedes, gracias porque cuando se necesita oración, la iglesia se une y Dios oye nuestras oraciones. El Señor los bendiga. Amén. ¿Gusta que, que traduzca? ¿Quiere que traduzca? No sé. Se me pasaron las últimas dos. 
Hermanos, buenas tardes, buenos días. Good morning. Uh, para los que no me conocen, soy Salvador Orozco. My name is Salvador Orozco. I'm an elder at the church here. Quería pasar a, a leer en gratitud al Señor el Salmo 119, pero dicen que solo 30 segundos, así de que no alcanzo a leerlo. I wanted to read Psalm 119 to you, but I don't think there's enough time for that. Por lo tanto, quiero leer solamente el Salmo 103, cinco versículos. Los primeros cinco versículos. Dije así, bendice alma mía Jehová y bendiga todo mi ser tu santo nombre. Bendice alma mía Jehová y no olvides ninguno de sus beneficios. Él es quien perdona todas tus iniquidades, el que sana todas tus dolencias, el que rescata del hoyo tu vida, el que te corona de favores y misericordias, el que sacia de bien tu boca de modo que te rejuvenezcas como el águila. Hermanos, le doy gracias a Dios, primeramente porque en su grande bondad y misericordia nos ha apartado para ser de Él. Y digo nos ha apartado porque creo que, si no todos, espero que los que todavía no, este servicio les sirva para que puedan rendir su vida al Señor. Pero espero que la mayoría sabemos por su divina gracia del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo, que tenemos seguridad eterna porque Dios ha hecho una obra maravillosa en nuestros corazones. Por lo tanto, hay tantas cosas por qué darle gracias a Dios. Primeramente, y espero que no lo tome usted como algo de presunción, porque esa fue la voluntad de Dios de concederme tener una familia tan extensa. Le doy gracias a Dios porque tenemos... Uh, siete hijos y de esos siete tenemos 23 o 22 nietos que viven y dos bisnietos y creo que esperamos más, al menos otros dos bisnietos. De los hijos es probable que ya no haya más familia, pero quién sabe, ¿no? Así es de que, hermanos, uh, esto es solamente los beneficios y bendiciones terrenales, pero hermanos, Nada hay de compararse con tener la confianza en Dios y en sus promesas. El Señor Jesucristo dijo, el que oye mi palabra y crea al que me envió, tiene vida eterna y no verá condenación, mas ha pasado de muerte a vida. Hermanos, esa es mi confianza y esa es la, la sana doctrina que hemos creído y predicamos en este lugar. Dios los bendiga. Very good. Thank you all for, for sharing. At this time, I want to take communion with you. If you want to take participating communion and you didn't grab one of these, want to raise your hand and uh, we'll have one of our ushers come by and give you one. Also, if you came in and you didn't grab a, uh, a uh, what do we call that? A notes sheet that has the outline of the message, I would encourage you to do so too. You want to raise your hand for that if you didn't get that. Um, that's a way for you to kind of stay engaged and focus and kind of follow along and have something for you to take with you and meditate on and maybe review at home and, and share it with someone. So I want to look at Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 in order for us to kind of prepare ourselves and our hearts and minds to take communion. 
This might seem like a very simple thing to do. Uh, we do it every week. But what it symbolizes, what it represents, is something that we can't really put a value on. It is a big deal for us as Christians to gather on a Sunday morning and to have an opportunity to share and participate in the Lord's table. And so these verses here, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, listen to this. Paul writing to believers, he says, speaking about Jesus Christ our Lord, it says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So the first portion, in him, in Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The gospel, the word gospel means good news. And that's what we celebrate when we take communion. We're celebrating the best news that though we were sinners, Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary. 2,000 years ago, he took your pain, your guilt, and your shame, and everything that was contrary to our human fallen nature, and he nailed it to the cross. He did that for you, and he did that for me. It is in him that we can find forgiveness of sins, restoration, redemption, a new life in Christ. And so as you peel back the first layer, you take the bread. This is bread that symbolizes the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unleavened bread represents the sinless body of our Lord that was hung on that cross on our behalf. Let's take that together. As you peel back the second layer, you see the juice that represents the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed on our behalf, the very payment, his life for ours at the cross of Calvary. Let's take that together. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful. We're so grateful to you for all of your blessings. As my brothers and sisters have already shared, how blessed we are. In the spiritual realm, Father, knowing that you have us here, not by accident or coincidence, but you have us here to listen to your word, to have you speak to us through your word. We're grateful for your love that was willing to send your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. I pray for everyone who's here. I ask, Father, that through your Holy Spirit and the power of your word, that you would minister to our hearts and minds that you will break down the walls and the barriers that we have set up that have prevented your gospel from shining in our hearts and minds. We pray that this morning you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would teach us, that you would transform us to be ever more like your son, our Lord Jesus, for your honor and glory. It is in his precious name that we pray. Amen. All right, beloved. So this morning we have, uh, we're, we are not continuing our messages from uh, Luke. We're going to suspend that uh, just for today. We'll continue uh, next week, Lord willing. But what I do want to do is I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 13. 
And in preparing for a Thanksgiving Day type message, um, you know, there's so much to choose from in the Word. And uh, I believe it's the Holy Spirit that led me to share this message with you, which um, is probably not your standard Thanksgiving Day message. And you'll see what I'm talking about. I think part of the reason why I was led that way, or I ended up with this message, is because uh, just in thinking about my life and how selfish I can be, and it's kind of self-centered, and I think about the things that I'm grateful to the Lord about, and I really truly feel like I'm super blessed. I've shared that with you before, and there's a lot for me to be grateful for, but I know that if I'm not careful, I end up being grateful for I would call them very selfish reasons. And I, and I would imagine there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we don't want to be weird about it either. If the Lord blesses you with good health, then be grateful for your good health. Not all of us enjoy that all the time. If the Lord has blessed you with certain things, then be grateful for that. He gives us those things in order for us to enjoy them. Nothing wrong with enjoying our life here on earth as God's children. But we have the, the, the flip side of that is that we can become kind of selfish, in what we're grateful. And I think about, you know, there was a time when I taught for eight years, I taught elementary school. I taught first grade for a couple of years, and then I taught second grade. Really enjoyed it, both. But the last, uh, you know, every Thanksgiving day, that week would approach, and as a teacher, very excited to have a week off. Yeah. And Inevitably, we would do things for second graders together for them to express their gratitude, and we would read books about Thanksgiving, and we would talk about the pilgrims, and we would have them write, you know, they're beginning to write paragraphs in second grade, and we would write, you know, let's write a, a Thanksgiving Day note or a paragraph, and, and I remember what they would write, and I'm sure that it was what I would have written at that age, and probably what most of us would have written when we were in that age, seven, seven eight years old. And you would look at the writing and they would say, well, I'm really thankful because of my mom. And then they would proceed to develop what that meant. And I don't know if you know this, but second graders would write something like, I'm really grateful for my mom because she gives me everything that I want. She takes me to McDonald's and buys me chicken nuggets and a Happy Meal. Because she washes my clothes or she takes care of me and she does this for me and that for me. And, that, and I'm looking at him thinking like, oh, these guys are all selfish and self-centered. And they are. So are you. And so are we. You know, if we're not careful, we can stay in that selfish, self-centered uh, mode where we're grateful. And again, we want to be grateful for everything. But if you're not careful, you end up being grateful for all the things that selfishly make you happy, make you comfortable, make you live the life that, that you're enjoying. And so I'm saying there's nothing necessarily wrong with enjoying the things that you've been blessed with, but is there more? How about as Christians, is there more than just being grateful for the car we drive, the house we live, the job we have, the health we enjoy, you know, the family that we have, which are all great so I don't, I'm not here trying to give anybody a guilt trip for enjoying the things that God has given you or us. What I do want to do today is just look a little bit beyond ourselves and ask ourselves 
Is there some way that I can live differently as a Christian that will bring glory to God and specifically that would cause other people to give thanks to the Lord because of something that I did? And that's what led me to this portion here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 13. So I think, you know, I like to think that every message that I bring it can be life-transforming, is life-transforming. It depends on how we take it. You know, if you're here and just kind of like worried about something else and not really focused on what God is presenting this morning, you know, forget about me. Don't worry about me. Listen to what God has for you. And I believe that what God has for us is for us as Christians to make a shift in our thinking and be intentional about being careful how we give and what we give so that what we give and how we give can result and thanksgiving to God, because that's exactly what happens in this portion. I used this portion not that long ago to talk about giving. I really love the fact that if you've been in our church for a year, you can probably count with two fingers, you don't even need a whole hand, how many times we've talked about giving. Every once in a while I'm reminded that we don't even talk about like, where's the offering plate? Have you noticed that? There isn't even a slide to remind you how you can give. How the Lord continues to provide for this ministry, I mean, I know how he does it. And it's him. All glory goes to him. And most of you guys give online uh, through our app or through our website. There's an offering box that most of you probably don't even know is there next to the TV. I kind of enjoy the fact that we don't make a big deal out of giving at the church. But I'm saying as a Christian, we have to be all about giving. And by God's grace, you're never going to hear me here begging for money. If, if, if ever I do, then it's the elder's job to pull the plug on me. And I know I wouldn't be enjoying what I'm doing if I had to be in that position. And obviously for a Christian, our lives should be marked by a life of giving. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about every resource and gift that God has given you. We are to use that for God's glory and for God's kingdom work. And what that's going to result in is glory to God and thanksgiving to God. So, this morning, a message, the message is called A Giver of Thanks. And it's a bit of a play on words, and hopefully it'll make sense. A Giver of Thanks. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 13. This is the main point. God is glorified when we give. Sorry, God is glorified when what we give results in thanksgiving back to him. God is glorified when what we give and how we give it results in thanksgiving back to him. So the basic question for us is, are people out there thanking God for what you've given or what you give or what you do? Real simple question. I think it's a real simple message this morning but I think it's a really profound one. Again, the question is, are there people out there expressing thanksgiving to God because of what I do, how I give, and what I give? So obviously for me, prepping prepping, or preparing for this message is very convicting. I've I've told you that before because I get to meditate on this and, and think about it and do a bunch of reading and research and putting things together. And I think, it's, I think it's a simple message, I think it's an important message, and I think it could be a life-transforming 
message if we really take it to heart. I mean, to be intentional as a Christian to say, I want to give in a way that's going to result in thanksgiving back to God. That your family members will be grateful to God because of your actions and how you give. That your workplace will result in thanksgiving to God because of how you behave, how you give, how you work, how you interact with them. And your team, for you athletes, that your teammates would find themselves thanking God because of how you give. And again, I'm not talking about money necessarily, but what do you give and how do you give it? Is that resulting in thanksgiving back to God? That is what happens in this portion. I'm excited to share that with you. Um, I, I was, I, I've shared this before. I don't know if you guys waste your time watching TV. I'm sure you don't. But if you ever do it, you ever watch a show called, uh, let's say, for example, even, um, uh, let's just stick to the Undercover Boss. Anybody watch that ever? Undercover Boss? Right? So these bosses, CEOs of companies, they go undercover, and then they go in, and, and let's say if they're a fast food chains of restaurants, and they, they'll, they'll, they'll hide their identity, and then they'll go in there as a, as a new employee, and they get to know other employees, and they, get, they hear their stories and their struggles, and then at the end of the show, they reveal their identity on a one-to-one, and then most of the time, they say, like, you know, I'm really impressed with you. I heard your story and how you're struggling with school, so I'm actually the CEO of the company, and people are like, what? I didn't know that. I thought you were just a whatever. And then, and then almost in every show, they say, and, and I'm so impressed with you, and on behalf of the company, I want to give you $25,000 for you to go to school, and I have to worry about money. And then, bam, then I start crying. I start, I start crying, and then they start crying. Uh, and, and what's always interesting to me, if you watch shows like that, when people receive, when somebody else is generous to them, or they, they receive something special, yeah, they thank the person, but if you've ever noticed, 90% of the time, people will respond and say like, what? Really? Are you serious? And they'll say, thank you, Jesus. Have you seen that? You ever noticed that? Oh, God, thank you, God. Like, but it's the CEO that just gave you the money, and yet they're finding themselves praising God. Have you ever noticed that? I think it's a natural response for us to thank God, regardless of who it is that's giving us or blessing us or protecting us or giving us something, it's our natural response to ultimately realize, even subconsciously, that whatever we receive, it's really ultimately from God. So what I'm saying is, go out and give people $20,000, see how they, I'm kidding. Be like, I have to put it on the credit card. I'm saying, what if we were to intentionally live in a way that through our generosity, hospitality, our caring, our giving, our loving, people will respond that way and say, why, why would you do that to me? We saw the video. Why would you take me in? Why would you allow me to, why would you invite me to that? And then they would find themselves thanking God because of what you did, what you provided, how you gave. To me, that is absolutely exciting to think that I could live in a way that will bring glory to God because of what I give. And we're not just talking about money. And what excites me is that I can live that way and for me to bring a message like this for us to think that we as a church can be that way. 
that organizations and that people could look at Crosspoint and say, I thank God for how he's protected me, provided for me, blessed me through Crosspoint. It's happening already. That's, that's kind of the job of the church, to represent Christ that way. All right. So I'm excited. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 13. I'm going to read it. I'll have some, some points to share, but that's really what's happening here. The context of the reading here is that Paul is going to go to Jerusalem, and uh, certain churches had, had already committed themselves to say, we want to send some money. We want to send the, our fellow brothers and sisters who are struggling in Jerusalem. We want to send them a gift, a, a monetary gift. And Paul is actually telling the church in Corinth to be ready, to have that gift ready so that he can take it back to them and bless them. And you're going to read what Paul says happens as a result. I think I want to read it from, I'm going to read it from uh, the NIV. I usually read from New King James, um, but I'm going to read it from the NIV. And I would encourage you to read different uh, Different versions of the Bible. So here it is. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 13. Paul, the context is a monetary gift from believers to other believers in Jerusalem. And listen to what happens. Starting in verse 6. It says, remember this. Paul speaking to these believers that are preparing a monetary gift. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, listen to this, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amazing. Reading this portion with the understanding that what they were giving not only met the needs of the people that were struggling in very practical ways, but he says, as a, as a result of that, God was being praised and thanksgivings were going out to God because of your gift. He mentions it like three or four times in this, fourth, in this small portion, in these verses. 
He's telling the church, look, your generosity is resulting in God being glorified. Not only are you helping the poor people, but God is being glorified through your gift. I almost want to stop right there, but, but I worked really hard for my three points, so we're going to continue. But do you understand that? I think that's amazing. I mean, wouldn't that change our attitude and how we give on a weekly basis to Crosspoint? I've told you before, I would encourage you to give to Crosspoint, but also give to other organizations as Crosspoint does. We bless other organizations that are doing God's work. You know, there are people in India that I'm sure, young kids that are devastated by HIV and AIDS, whether themselves or their parents, there's a place called, there's an organization, a, a ministry called Buds for Christ, and we get to support them. We're going to send them a nice gift this December. And I would imagine that what's going to happen there is when they receive their gift, they're going to be so happy, and they're going to thank who? Thanksgiving is going to go up to God because we sent them a gift. The same thing is going to happen in Ensenada, Mexico, at the orphanage, Reino de los Niños. As we send them gifts, not only do we provide for their necessities, but as a result, thanks go up to God because of our gifts. And there's other organizations like that. And I love the fact that we're able to do that. I want to continue to do that. I want to do that more. But I also want to make sure that we as individuals are taking part in that, that the people that are in your circles, the people that we're not going to meet as a church, but you're going to meet individually, that you have an opportunity to give. Give your time. Give your words of encouragement. Acts of service. If they have a need, help them in the Lord's name. And as a result, you will meet their needs, but also Thanks will go up to God because of what you've done. And, and if you read this portion, beloved, take it home and read it. You know, Paul is saying you guys are so generous, but also trust that God is able to supply not just all your needs, but to give you abundantly so that you have no need, but in fact, you will have enough to be involved in every good work that God sends your way. Can you imagine? How many times have you had an opportunity to help, and you're like, mm, I really want to help, but... You know, i got to pay the this and that, and I can't. You know the answer is there? Since the more generous you are, and the more God sees you being generous with what he gives you, whether it's a little bit or a lot, he says he's able to continue to provide for you so that you can be involved in every good work, so that you can bless others, so that all praise and honor goes right back to him. That's how it works. And we get to be part of that. It's exciting. So here it is. Let's wrap it up with our three points. We already said that the main point is that God is glorified with what we give results in thanksgiving back to him. Is God being thanked as a result of your giving is the question. So thanksgiving is offered to God with his children. When does, when does thanksgiving happen? It happens when his children, these are the three points that I'm going to share with you really quick. Thanksgiving is offered to God when his children, point number one, give in faith to kingdom work. When his children give in faith to kingdom work. 
First, Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six says, "Remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap, uh, uh, reap generously." You know what that requires? If you're gonna sow uh, generously, that requires faith. It requires faith. Because when you sow something, when you sow a seed, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You don't know if we're going to have a drought season and all your seed's going to go to waste. And if you put too much seed at once and they all go to waste and they all die, then you're done. Or if there's floods and then something else happens. Or if rodents come in and they eat all your seed. There's, there's faith involved in how much you sow, how much you plant. You know, how much you give is a result of how you're giving, whether it's giving out of faith or not. If you find yourself giving and saying like, wow, I think this month I might have like $30 left over, so that's what I'm going to give. You're not expressing any faith there. But if you do what the Bible actually says, and you say, look, God is blessing me with his job, and this is the income that I have. And I was taught this since I was a young teenager, Caroline Flores, my Sunday school teacher, taught me this. You give to the Lord from your first fruits. And it doesn't matter how much it is. That's how you give in faith. Say, Lord, I have more bills than this, than, than what I make. I would say, well, what's going on with those bills? And some of us are in genuinely difficult circumstances, so I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the average person that feels that they can't give because they're already giving their money to everything else. That's, I think, insulting to God. He's not interested in your leftovers. But if thanksgiving is going to be offered to God when his children give in faith to kingdom work, when you decide, look, this is how much I make for the foreseeable future— and at the beginning of the month, I'm going to write out this check and give it to the Lord through Crosspoint, through this organization, to that organization. You're not, you're not, you don't ever give to Crosspoint. You're giving through Crosspoint. We don't keep the money. We don't like, you know, we use it for kingdom work. You're not giving to us. First of all, you are us. We are we. Don't ever feel like oh, I'm going to give it to them. I'm like, who's them? It's you. We are the church. And so we don't give to Crosspoint. We give through Crosspoint. But do it in faith. And you're going to see a change in your life. Trust God. Philippians 4.19. It says, uh, if Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? That as you are generous with what he's given you and you're responsible with what he's entrusted you with, do you believe that God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus? Do you really think that you can outgive God? I learned this as a young teenager. My pastor used to say, nobody pays better than the Lord. Those are phrases that I would, I would hear on a weekly basis on Wednesday night, on Sunday night, on Sunday morning. You could never outgive God and nobody pays better than him. He's not interested in your leftovers. Those are phrases that I probably have on my notebooks, that notes that I would take when I was 13, 14, 15 years old. And I've never lived it fully, completely, perfectly at all. But I've known those things, and they've helped me a great deal. Psalms 23, 1, talking about giving in faith. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I wonder if he'll take care of me. Is that what David says? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall never have any need. He is my shepherd. Do we trust him to be our shepherd? Is he the one guiding your life? Is he in charge of your life? Is he the one responsible for you? Or are you wanting to take responsibility for your own self and leaving him out? Are you giving in faith? Because thanksgiving, thanksgiving is offered to God when his children give in faith to kingdom work. But thanksgiving is also offered to God when his children, point number two, give cheerfully to kingdom work. Boy, I love to just kind of, um, it, it says it right there. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have deciding in your heart to give. You think about this and you decide, this is what I'm going to give. You don't wait for the offering plate. I could, I could use this analogy because this doesn't happen with us anymore. You don't wait for the offering plate to come around and you stick your hand in your pocket and you're like, I want to pull out a, a bill. Hopefully it's not a 20, you know, because then it's going to be weird if I take it back. And I remember in our old church, every once in a while, when I was a youngster, I used to pick up the offering, so go around. And every once in a while, somebody would ask for change. Can I get 10 back? <laughs> what are you talking about? Decide at home how much you're going to give. Don't wait till the last minute. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. Are you a cheerful giver? Or are you having these discussions with your significant other, your spouse, and it's like, I think we should give more. Oh, I don't know, honey. You know, it's kind of, don't you see the bills? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what kind of conversations you guys have. I may have just said a little too much there. <laughs> Not only willingly, but cheerfully. Boy, I'll just say this. If you're not at the place where you're able to give generously and cheerfully, I invite, you to, I invite you to seek God. If you're a child of God and you haven't found it in you to be able to give cheerfully, you're not in a good place. I'll just say it like that. You're not in a good place. And we invite you to get right with God. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, because, oh, sorry, I'm jumping right here. Uh, uh, 1 Chronicles 29.9, see what happens in the Old Testament. It says, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. There was a time where they were going to build a temple. There were several times in the Old Testament where things were going to be done. They were going to build a, the, uh, the tabernacle. They were doing things that required money, and it says that people found it in their heart to just give and give to the point where the leaders had to say like, okay, stop giving. We have way too much. You know, we haven't said that yet at Crosspoint, have we? No. That'll be awesome. One of these days the elders tell me, Mike, can you go up and just tell people to stop giving so much? Huh? I would love to be able to say that. Hey, I got one more announcement. The elders really want me to tell you to stop giving so much because it's like, uh, you know, we don't know what to do with so much money. That would be great. 
that would be great. It's not one of our goals as leaders. We're going to trust that God's going to send the right people and put it in their hearts to give the right amount so that we can do his work the way he wants it done. Last point. Thanksgiving is offered to God when his children give in faith, when they give cheerfully, and when they give generously to kingdom work. 2 Corinthians 9.11, he repeats it. Paul says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And and verse 13 says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. You know, Paul is saying, you know, through this gift, you're actually proving your faith. That's, That's a big deal. Paul is telling this church, by you being generous and you're giving to the poor, you are proving your faith. Very interesting. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. He's just, Paul is beside himself, just recognizing their generosity Hebrews 13, 6 says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. Like, don't forget that because you could forget it. You could become so selfish that it's like, I just got to take care of myself. It says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Have you ever considered your giving to be sacrificial? It says, God is pleased with that. My last verse, 1 Timothy 6, 18. Paul speaking to the church on how the church should conduct itself and specifically here to people that had money that were rich. He says, command them to do good to the rich people, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. If you have something that God has given you, share it. Be generous. That's how Christians are to live. And when we live like that, it's not just us thanking God for everything that he's given us. But other people around us are going to be thanking God for what we've given or by what we've given as a result of what we've given. Think about it. Think about it in your life. It's awesome to be grateful for the things that he has blessed us with, but how much more awesome would it be that people would say of you, I mean, I don't know if you think about these things, but, you know, one day we're going to be having your funeral service. And by we, I mean maybe somebody else, because I might be gone by then, before you. And what are people going to say? How cool would it be that, like, this young disciple, Tabitha, in Acts, she dies and, and, and other disciples sent for Peter. Peter comes in, and everybody's crying, and Peter goes to where they have Tabitha there laying dead. And it says that all the widows came to Peter, showing them the garments that she had made for them, as to say, look at what, look at what kind of a person Tabitha was. Look at what kind of disciple she was. She blessed me with this red coat. And somebody else would come and say, like, yeah, she did the same thing for me, except mine is blue. And then she would say, like, and then everybody came around with Peter testifying of Tabitha's generosity to them. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to live your life? People think of you as the 
greedy neighbor, the selfish co-worker, the tight family member, or are you the, are you the generous one? That should be synonymous. Yeah, you know what? I have a, people should say, I have a Christian cousin, most generous person I know. You know, I have, a, I have a nephew. He's a young guy. But even at his age, always willing to help and willing to give. Yeah, I have a Christian neighbor. Best person in the neighborhood. If you need anything, he's right there. She's right there. How are we going to give testimony? How are we going to testify to God's love, God's grace, to a new life if we don't show it through our generosity? And this Thanksgiving Day coming up, let's be intentional and forever. Let's be intentional about being like God and being givers. Givers of thanks. Givers in a way that will bring thanksgiving back to God. I hope you're blessed by that. Let's pray. We're going to have, actually, we're going to have the band come up. And they're going to they're gonna have a couple of songs. They want to come up now. And then I'm going to pray. Ah. Love hearing you guys sing. Let's lift up our voices. If you know the songs, sing it out loud. This is how we get to express our gratitude. One of the ways that we get to express our gratitude to the Lord through our singing back to Him.
pray for, for us to be dismissed. Remember, if you are one of the people that will be joining us for our to meet upstairs, maybe some of you have never been up there, but we'll have people to direct you. Father in heaven, so grateful for you, your word, your truths for us, your promises, your deeds. Father, as we approach Thanksgiving Day, as this nation takes one day out of the year to recognize our blessings, we pray that Thanksgiving will be offered up to you. Ultimately, it is your indescribable gift, your Son, our Lord Jesus, and taking our place at the cross, something for which we'll be eternally grateful. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters who are here, those joining us online. We pray that you would help us to be more like you and your son, to be givers, givers of thanks, but givers of everything that you've blessed us with in order that thanksgiving will be lifted up back to you for your honor and your glory, for your praise. We thank you. We ask that you would dismiss us with your blessing, that as we, this coming Thursday, spend time with our family or friends, that we will reach out in a way that would manifest your love in us for them. We pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. God bless you, beloved. You're dismissed. <laughs>